Chapter 7 The Heart I Know I'm Breaking is My Own. And the heart I know I'm breaking is my own. It had all gone exactly how Sirius had imagined it. Better, in fact, considering Remus's tongue had been in his mouth no less than half a dozen separate times in the last ten minutes, including right that moment which could have had something to do with Sirius's preposition to defile Marlene's countertop. Before Sirius could start tugging on Remus's hips in a legitimate effort to actually get him to leap onto said countertop, Remus suddenly pulled away, half-breathless. Did you... did you really date Harry Styles? At first, Sirius went silent, trying to read the expression in Remus's face trying to decide if that glimmer behind Remus's honeyed eyes was amusement or if there was a specific answer he was expected to give to prevent an argument. He cleared his throat. Short answer? No, he stated evasively. It turned out it was amusement in Remus's gaze because it expanded enough to be identified and it made Sirius wonder what prompted it. What's the long answer? Remus asked. The long answer is, not really? Sirius smirked, leaving Remus to narrow his eyes as he looked at Sirius with playful suspicion. With a laugh, Sirius clarified, We were too busy being in love with other people, and complaining about it frequently. Full disclosure, I still complain to him about you. Oh god, Remus groaned, letting his head fall heavily into Sirius's collarbone. It's bad enough that you talked about me to Harry fucking Styles, but did you have to complain about me? I'm sorry, I should have phrased that differently, Sirius said, shaking his head. When I say complain, I mean things like, why did he have to be so perfect? And why do I miss his hair so much? And I will never find happiness like that again, and I will inevitably die alone, sort of complaining. The laugh from Remus's lips bubbled up like champagne, but he stifled it with a comical wince, glancing towards the wall as if James would burst through it at any moment to discover them tangled in one another's arms. How much do you think we should tell them? If Pete finds out I didn't tell him, he'll go into a frenzy. I'm talking hiding glitter in my flat, or shaving off one of my eyebrows in my sleep. With a laugh of his own, Sirius made a distressed face, thumbing at the notch already cutting Remus's brow. I love you, but I do not want to see what you look like with one eyebrow, Sirius said, so caught up in his laughter that he didn't notice that Remus had gone rather still next to him until he heard Remus suck in a short, clipped breath of surprise. When he looked over, brows furrowed, he found something that looked like relief on Remus's face. Relief and wonder and redemption. Oh, Sirius exhaled, realizing. Before he could remark on the words that had unintentionally, but quite truthfully, slipped from his mouth, Remus spoke again as if trying to distract from the weight of it. We could always say, I love you, Sirius repeated quickly, drawing out that same longing on Remus's face. And maybe I said it out of habit just now, but I... He paused, smiling, slipping his fingers over Remus's jaw. I love you. At first, Remus just blinked at him, sort of numbly, mouth slightly ajar. 
On the last blink, he screwed his eyes closed tight for a brief second before opening them again, as if the effort of it would jar him awake from a dream. When he opened his eyes to find Sirius still before him, surely looking slightly amused, another soft puff of air moved from his open lips and overwhelmed yet underwhelming. <sighs> With an adoring laugh, Sirius spoke again. <laughs> I thought I'd get a more robust reaction than... But in the space between Sirius's breaths, Remus had already leapt forward and claimed Sirius's lips in another fitful kiss his fingers roving across Sirius's face without pattern as if touching all the skin they could reach. Say it again, Remus whined in a tone that sounded almost mournful, not allowing Sirius's lips to stray from his, even as he spoke. Please, say it again. His now decisive touch moved down to Sirius's hips, where he pulled him to the very edge of the countertop so he could hold Sirius against his broad chest. I love you, Remus. Sirius mumbled eagerly into Remus's lips, the kiss becoming so chaotic and wild in Remus's desperation and avidity that Sirius was sure he would come away bruised. Even after you broke my heart, I still loved you. Even after ten years apart, I still loved you. God, do I love you. God damn it, Sirius, Remus growled bitterly, his voice cracking under the strain of it leaving his tightened throat. You shouldn't. You shouldn't love me. You shouldn't. He kept repeating, his kiss growing deeper and more focused. But please don't stop. His hands were trembling against Sirius's hips. A soft laugh moved from Sirius's lips and Remus swallowed it. It echoed down his throat as he devoured Sirius in another kiss that felt bottomless and blistering and Sirius found himself wrapping his legs around Remus's hips in some effort to get closer to him, until Remus lifted him from the countertop. Remus, he whispered, and his voice sounded cautionary to his own ears, but when Remus's tongue moved into his mouth, he couldn't remember what reason he would have for trying to repress him. Remus, he said again, this time under a tone of flagrant encouragement, prompting Remus to let out a recklessly resounding moan that Sirius might have worried about James overhearing if Sirius's sense hadn't dissolved the moment Remus's tongue slipped into his mouth and it had been gone since. Jesus, I missed you so much. Remus exhaled into Sirius's mouth, turning one step to the left so he could press Sirius into the wall, tenderly at first, but then with all his weight. With his hands free, he slipped them along Sirius's arms from where Sirius had laced his fingers behind Remus's neck, and he untethered them, raising them into the air and holding them above Sirius's head against the wall. And Sirius's mouth was open, but not a sound escaped as Remus's belligerent kiss moved down his throat. Sirius felt his head fall heavy against the wall behind him as he granted Remus the full expanse of his neck. And Remus took it gratefully, zealously. Without haste, he tasted every margin of Sirius's skin that was available to him, biting down covetously on the nape of Sirius's neck nuzzling into Sirius to minimize any residual space between his mouth and Sirius's skin. 
In their effort to augment their closeness, Sirius's thighs tightened, Remus arched his hips, and there was suddenly friction between them that Sirius hadn't felt in ten years. At the feeling of Remus hard and aching, Sirius went mindless. Oh, fuck me, Mooney, Sirius called out, though it moved from his lips as a trembling whisper from a voice that had already been depleted and spent. At first, the pressure of Remus's mouth still on Sirius's neck increased exponentially, but he quickly pulled away, though his hips still held Sirius in place. Oh god, Remus said on a slow exhale, eyes dancing across Sirius's position from his hands that Remus was still actively pressing into the wall above his head, to the sheen of sweat across Sirius's temple, to the blatant swelling that Remus inevitably felt with every twitch of his eager hips. Don't stop, Mooney, please, Sirius begged, using Remus's grip on his hands as leverage to lift himself up while he rotated his hips against Remus, reminded of that blissful friction again. With a burdened breath, Remus bared his teeth, eyes fluttering closed in ephemeral pleasure. And Sirius knew what was coming, the inevitable schism of Remus's enthusiasm when the worry roared back in to root out the craving. The same thing that happened last night at dinner, the same thing that happened the first night when Sirius had been straddling Remus on the couch. His honor always won. For a moment, however, it seemed as though Remus were at war with himself, his fingers still tight around Sirius's wrists from where they were pressed into the wall, his hips still heavy against Sirius's own, but the havoc in his gaze had quelled. As if to satisfy both halves, Remus leaned forward and unsettled Sirius's lips again, and it was still hungry and seditious, but gentle and reverent and filled with adoration. As he lowered Sirius's arms and set Sirius onto his own feet, their attention was momentarily turned to the hushed voices gathering and growing in volume just outside the door. With a sad, unfulfilled smile, a frustrated sigh pushed through Remus's lips as he turned to leave. They'd gotten so caught up in the euphoria of their solitude, they hadn't even decided what to say to James and Pete. Sirius lowered his head, adjusting the collar of his jacket to cover the mark he'd felt Remus form against his neck, tugging at his shirt to smooth out the wrinkles, adjusting the jeans on his hips from where the weight of Remus against him had pushed them off-center. As he looked up to smile at Remus once more before he left, Remus swept in and took Sirius by the face, sinking into him until Sirius was pressed to the wall one more time, delivering a kiss so profound and affectionate that Sirius realized only after it was over that he'd whimpered forlornly into Remus's mouth. Because as soon as it began, it was over, and Sirius was left leaning against the wall for support, his hand moving up to his chest in some effort to keep his pounding heart within it, mouth hanging empty with only the memory of Remus's lips. With one last glance of arrogance and appetite, Remus winked, soft and lingering, and then he wiped the emotion from his face and threw open the door, his expression not sure where to go because they hadn't decided what story to tell about what had been said between them in that room. If nothing else, they could get away with silence for a little while. 
Whatever the story they chose, they would have to keep hiding the truth from their friends for a little while, because just then, the truth felt far too sacred to share. It was that feral look in Remus's amber eyes that Sirius alone had ever been granted the privilege to recognize. It was that soft, desperate moan in Sirius's voice that only Remus had ever been able to draw out into a melody. It was knowing that, had there been a little less worry in the way, the impiety and the avarice and the indecency in Remus that Sirius had just gotten reintroduced to would have won, and he would have made wild love to Sirius right there in the back of Marlene's shop. Remus must have rushed from the shop because James hurried into the room almost immediately after the door was opened. Without giving himself a second to breathe, he was pelting Sirius with questions. What did you talk about? Did he apologize? Did you apologize? Did you tell him you sang all those songs for him? Did he recognize that you sang all those songs for him? Are you friends at least? And Sirius didn't answer a single one. Instead, he pushed his fingers up over his eyes and sunk down to the floor, letting James draw his own initial conclusions. The longer Sirius went without replying, the fewer James's questions became until they stopped altogether. Sirius hardly had to pretend, because now that he knew he could have Remus, he was in agony living every second he was without him. I just want to go home and go to bed, he said blankly, looking forward, unblinking. Let's go home. We can talk about it in the morning, James said, slinging his arm around the shoulder of his best friend. They went through the back door of the shop to avoid the crowds, still lingering within, and Sirius only let his gaze drift over to the balcony of Remus's flat once, just in time to watch the warm yellow light flicker on from the inside. He had never seen anything more inviting. When Lily caught up to them from where she was following behind, Sirius let himself slip out from underneath James's arm, letting his pace lax a little as they moved ahead of him. Watching them from his peripheral, he pulled out his phone and managed to send a quick text before James looked back. Sirius, we forgot to get our alibis in order. What are you telling Pete? It really was a phenomenal show, James said, but he said it with a sigh that indicated he was rather depressed that the ultimate purpose of the show hadn't been fulfilled. You should play the drums more often. Lily mentioned quietly, and Sirius watched the slow, deliberate way she slipped her hand up to his shoulder, squeezing softly at his bicep on the way up. Oh yeah? Hmm. James hummed contentedly, pulling her in close to bury his lips into her hair as they walked, apparently whispering indiscreet things into her ear, because she let out a breath in response. Like you even had to ask that. She responded, craning her neck as James impressively managed to keep walking forward while letting his lips trail down Lily's throat. And just like that, Sirius was practically invisible, which was perfect timing because his mobile buzzed in his hand. Remus, I haven't said anything yet. It's just a lot of sighing and looking forlorn. He's buying it for now, but I'll have to say something eventually. With a quick spin in his step, Sirius turned to glance back at Remus's balcony one last time, halting his momentum for the briefest of moments, as he saw the shadow of Remus moving inside from beyond the veil of the curtains at the door. 
The ache in his chest grew. He stepped back in line behind James. Serious, I say we ditch them. Meet me in the woods. Make love to me in the leaves. Watching Lily and James flirt as they walked ahead of him worsened the screaming insistence in his chest, and all right, maybe a little in his hips, to turn around and sprint back to Remus's flat. But his mobile vibrated in his hand again, and that screaming insistent became more like a pathetic whimper. Remus, you say that now. Until there's a thorn in your arse. Also, I just blurted out our alibi. I panicked. You're in love with Harry Styles now. At once, Sirius stopped walking and let his head fall forward. The whole plan was supposed to be some way for them to be friends in public while absolutely mauling each other behind closed doors. This was the opposite of that. Well, not the literal opposite of that, but this was not the solution. If Remus was supposed to be under the impression that Sirius was in love with someone else, then they couldn't pretend to fall in love again, although they already had. And they would have to keep lying to everyone. Sirius, what the fuck, Mooney? I am not in love with Harry. How does this help us? We're serious. He heard James ask from quite some distance ahead of him now, with how distracted he'd gotten from Remus's sudden news. With a kick of dirt, Sirius jumped to catch up. I'm here, I'm here, he said with a laugh, subconsciously kicking himself for not playing his part, because his voice was the opposite of despondent. With the taste of Remus still in his mouth, he could hardly pretend to feel anything but bliss in his head, freedom in his heart, and heat in his gut. Once James had assured himself that Sirius was not trying to walk into traffic, his attention diverted back to Lily, who had her hand in his back pocket and was walking on her tiptoes so her lips could reach his ear. Sirius let his pace slow again, looking back down at his phone. Remus, I know. God, I'm sorry. It's fine. Adds a little drama. Besides, I only think think you're in love with him. This was going to be a long night. It was obvious that James and Lily would have plans when they arrived home, which was fine, because that meant that Sirius would not have to answer any questions about Remus for the good part of the evening. But it also meant that Sirius wouldn't have much to distract himself with, and he'd be left thinking about sneaking over to Remus's all fucking night. Sirius. I roll. Apparently, words are not enough for you. I will have to prove my love with action. Let me come over. It was a shot in the dark, but he had to monopolize on this progress. It had taken days of trying to convince Remus to kiss him, and he'd be damned if he'd let it go to waste without effort. Still, this latest development felt definitive. Sirius had declared his love after all, and Remus had shown quite clearly how pleased he was with that growth. Going back to the struggle of remaining friends seemed absurd, after telling Remus he still loved him, after making plans for the love they would make in the future. Remus. Fuck. 
An unexpected laugh slipped through Sirius's lips and he warily glanced up to see if James or Lily had heard it, but they were too busy desperately trying to get into their flat so they could disrobe as quickly as possible. And Sirius understood that feeling, wishing he was in the same predicament. As he hurried ahead so that James and Lily didn't accidentally lock him out in their blissful oblivion, his mobile vibrated again. He waited until he was within the confines of James and Lily's flat to unlock his phone, but that was not before he had to throw an assuring nod in James's direction, who was trying to cast Sirius a glance of concern while simultaneously not letting his lips stray from Lily's. Remus, Pete insists on staying. He thinks I might do something stupid. And I would if he'd let me. As he threw himself onto the bed in James's and Lily's spare room, sorry, Harry's room, he let out a moan of relief at the cushion of the mattress underneath him. It had been a long day, planning and practicing and playing for a crowd, and it was nice to just lie in comfort, in silence and darkness. But God, if he didn't wish Remus was lying next to him, even if Remus only let him run his fingers through his hair, even if he only got to press delicate kisses to the wild, wiry, gray hair at Remus's temple, even if all he was allowed to do was gaze into the honey bourbon of Remus's eyes. Serious, I think I'm offended. Unless, by something stupid, you meant having sex in the woods behind your flat. Because I thought about that. And I'm still totally on board. I'll risk a thorn in my ass for you, Mooney. A high-pitched, half-stifled moan cut through the silence of James and Lily's flat and Sirius let out a groan of frustration. He should be making that noise too, with Remus pressing him to the wall or to the mattress or to the floor, for God's sake. And he couldn't very well take care of this problem on his own, at least not right then adjacent to the sounds of James and Lily making love in the next room. With a muted sigh, he began rummaging in his bag until he found his earbuds, and when he put them in, his mobile immediately started the last playlist he'd been listening to, which, luckily for him, was something loud and angry. It didn't make him think of Remus at all. For once, that was a good thing. Remus, no, no, no. You have a flawless arse. I won't risk it. Maybe this was for the best. Not that he was complaining about it, but everything was going spectacularly quickly. In less than a week, he and Remus had gone from not having spoken to each other in a decade to professing their undying love for one another. Hell, he'd made a legitimate effort to get Remus into bed the very first night. As much as he hadn't wanted to admit it, maybe Remus had been right in the beginning. Maybe they did need a transition period, a warm-up from the silent cold. Still, that didn't mean he would stop trying. Certainly, there had been some things that had changed between them, but not everything. Even before he had spoken to Remus, even before they had reconciled, Sirius had told James that he was still in love with Remus. That much would always be true. But there was no rush. All right, fine, yes, right in that moment, he was desperate to bolt back to Remus's flat and begin extensively cataloging the physical differences between 18-year-old Remus and present-day Remus, like whether there was more hair on his chest and the precise increase in the thickness of his thighs, 
which Sirius would measure by reverently planting his face between them. However, that didn't mean he didn't also want to learn if Remus's favorite chocolate had changed since he was 18, or if he still liked to watch those competition shows about master chocolatiers who made impossible edible sculptures, or if he still whistled that same absurdly high-pitched, strangely cheerful two-note melody when he was trying to get Pete's attention from far away. In school, Remus used to strap his battered ukulele to his bag, absently plucking at his background music whenever there was nothing else to do. Did he still play? When he was 17 and Hope's mother passed away, he talked about getting a tattoo of Ivy Vine to memorialize her, her house in the country that was always overgrown with greenery. Did he ever get it? Did he ever visit Japan and try takoyaki? Did he and Hope still bake those brownies with the caramel center? What had his life been like in the past 10 years since Sirius had been away? What had changed? What was the same? Suddenly, Sirius came to a realization, and it was something so abundantly obvious that he had skipped right past it without a second thought. He was so focused on becoming friends with Remus again that he hadn't realized that all this meant he would get to date Remus again. To silently take his hand as they walked to James and Lily's flat, and to feel the warm relief it provided— to look over at Remus in quiet fondness and watch the way his amber eyes lit up in excitement when someone mentioned his favorite TV show, to turn over in the middle of the night and curl into Remus, sprawled out next to him, and to listen to Remus humming contentedly from the kitchen as he tweaked a new shortbread recipe. He was smiling at the screen of his mobile like it was Remus himself, just staring dumbly and fondly at the words that Remus had just sent like they were a piece of him, and there was a level of awe in his chest that threatened to swell into his eyes and pour down his face if he thought too much longer about how gloriously strange it was to be here in this place and time, with Remus in love with him again. Sirius, are you free tomorrow night? I want to romance you. How do you feel about stargazing? Followed by looking deeply into each other's eyes. Leading to inappropriate touching under a shared blanket. Culminating in wild, passionate lovemaking. With subsequent fond whispering and hand-holding. The playlist on his phone should have been playing things that followed the pattern of the first sound. Things that were loud and angry and bitter and jealous and nothing at all like what he was feeling. But instead, out of some magic of the universe, Don Henley began to play. And Sirius began to sob. In the darkness in front of his eyes, he could see a film reel of Remus, 18 again, walking just in front of Sirius and pulling him from the dimly lit school building and into the daylight. There was blonde in Remus's shaggy hair from all the time he'd spent in the sun lounging at the lake behind his grandmother's house that summer, the freckles on his skin a corroborating witness. The film reel skipped, and suddenly, Remus was sitting on an abandoned, sun-washed picnic table, somewhere behind the school where the boys would sneak off to eat lunch every day. 
In his nimble fingers was that ukulele, and he was strumming a cheerful melody, watching Sirius as he hummed, a way to lead Sirius in, knowing that Sirius couldn't help but sing to him. Especially not when Remus picked their song. He watched as the worry in Remus's face grew, watched the subtle ways Remus began to pull away. The ukulele gathered dust in the corner behind Remus's desk. He stopped playing Boys of Summer when Sirius was around. He stopped playing altogether. The autumn grew cold, the winter roared past, and Sirius knelt in the dust on New Year's Eve. His breaths were coming up short now. The tears rolled down his temples, splashing onto the shell of his ear from where he was lying on the bed. How long had he waited for this? How long would he have waited? If he hadn't come back, would Remus have let him spend the rest of his life alone? Would there be enough left between them to salvage this? A year after leaving for London, he'd heard this song again for the first time. At the time, he'd been driving and he had told himself that it didn't matter to him anymore. That Remus didn't matter to him anymore. He let the song play as a show of defiance, as proof that there was nothing left in his heart that belonged to Remus. Until it got to that line. That day, Sirius had pulled the car over into the grass on the side of an empty road and sobbed in his hands for hours. Because he had never truly let Remus go. After everything, he knew he would love Remus forever. And now that he had Remus back, it was magical and wonderful and beautiful and awful. Because Remus brought with him all of Sirius's past regret and anguish. Yes, Remus was different. Yes, Remus had grown up, and yes, he was no longer a child. But Sirius would be saddled with the grief he'd left forever. That wasn't to say that he could never forgive Remus for what happened. Hell, he'd practically already forgiven him for it. He'd said as much to Remus himself. Said more when he told Remus he was still in love with him. But he knew, even then, lying in James's guest bedroom as the screen of his mobile lit up with another eager text from Remus, that he had hard days still to come. Days when he would cry, just like this, for the time they had lost because of Remus's stubbornness and stupidity and arrogance. But then, he thought of the salvation he'd seen on Remus's face that first night when Sirius had said he would be willing to let Remus try again when he'd called him Mooney for the first time in ten years. And he thought of the sorrow he'd seen in Remus's expression when Sirius had played the first few notes of their song, promising to still love him even after the boys of summer had gone. And he pictured the bewilderment in Remus's autumn eyes when Sirius said he'd found no love like Remus's love. It was hard to say it was worth it, but it was something akin to that. He wouldn't do it all over again, but he was willing to start from wherever it was that they had found themselves. This bizarre halfway point between devotion and suffering. When his screen lit up again, proof of the rapid succession of texts that Remus had just sent him, Sirius still smiled despite the tears staining his tired face. 
Remus, I thought you'd never ask. I mean that so literally. Like, I did not expect it at all. That is an extremely specific scenario. Lucky for you, I enjoy being romanced. And I know the perfect place for stargazing. There was just a little bit of that wonder in his chest, a little bit of that disbelief that he really had Remus back in his life after all that had happened. Without Remus by his side, it all felt like a dream he had yet to wake up from. If Pete wasn't there, Sirius would dial his number. But he sent a text instead, a request for some reassurance, some reminder that when he woke up tomorrow, Remus would still love him. Sirius, tell me you love me again. Make it dramatic for me. There was so brief a pause that Sirius wasn't sure Remus had even had time to read the message, or if he was texting back something entirely unrelated. But he'd gotten the message. Remus, oh my god, do I love you, Padfoot. I am so frantically in love with you. I nearly invented a fake boyfriend to make you jealous. I mean it, ask Pete. With a loud, slightly teary laugh, Sirius let out a sigh and a breath of relief. The grief settled back into the usual spot, just below the apex of his heart, but it felt a little smaller and a little lighter and a little calmer. Sirius. Oh my god, same. Don't let Pete keep you awake all night. Otherwise, you won't dream about me. I'm going to ask you about it tomorrow. Think sexy thoughts before drifting off. In the same moment he sent the text, his mobile began to buzz in his hands and there was the briefest moment of confusion and elation when he thought it was Remus calling. But the picture displayed on the screen looked far too much like his own, though somehow a bit more sarcastic. I didn't see you at the show, Sirius answered without ceremony. Oh, I was there. Regulus said, with what sounded like mischief in his voice, leaving a curious furrow in Sirius's brow. James let me in the back, so I didn't get mauled going in through the front. Which either means you're full of shit, or you caught there after the show had already started, since I would have been there when you skulked in the back, Sirius huffed into the line. In fact, it was after the show had already started, you little smartass. Because if you're on stage, then nobody would mistake me for you, which has become an astronomical problem in my life lately. Do you know that there are girls camped outside of my house? Regulus growled in irritation. Sirius let out a snort and sympathetically failed attempt not to laugh. <sighs> Maybe you should get plastic surgery so you're not so stunningly attractive. An unintelligible mutter followed on Regulus's end. Maybe you should get plastic surgery, you celebrity weirdo, Regulus mocked under his breath. Did you call to tell me what an impressive show I put on? Sirius asked, rolling over to his side. A hum of agreement, but that mischief returned to his tone. It was an impressive show. You were more enigmatic tonight than any performance I've ever seen. Sirius narrowed his eyes. But... He elongated his vowel in a prompt to get Regulus to continue. There's no but, Regulus assured him, wearing an audible grin. You looked alive tonight. Uh-huh, Sirius responded flatly. And so did Remus. Regulus finally stated his ultimate point. 
There it is. You two certainly didn't look heartbroken to me. Is that so? One could even say you both looked rather smitten. His voice was smooth and certain, like he had just cracked a decade-old cold case, discovered the truth behind an elaborate conspiracy theory. You, of all people, should not be surprised to find out that I'm still smitten with Remus. Sirius evaded slightly, but there was nothing more that could be done. Not a single person on Earth, not even Sirius himself, was as perceptive as Regulus. If he figured something out, it invariably became truth. None of that spectacle was a surprise to me, Regulus said, pausing to let Sirius argue with the fact that he called the show a spectacle, but Sirius did not bite. Does James know? Does Peter? Do they know what? Sirius groaned, trying to feign ignorance. Sirius, Regulus emphasized his name rather patiently. The two of you were gazing lovingly into each other's eyes from across a coffee shop. I'm surprised I'm the only one that's caught on so far. Caught on to what, exactly? Sirius hummed innocently just as his mobile began to buzz again, likely another text from Remus. Before Regulus replied, Sirius pulled the phone from his ear to look at it. Remus. Oh, my dreams are going to be filthy tonight. I'm blaming that stud in your tongue. I would go on, but I'm under surveillance. Pete thinks I'm texting Lily. Dream of me tonight, love. And I'll see you tomorrow. God, it's nice to be able to say that. Sirius was so distracted with the series of messages from Remus that he nearly forgot that Regulus was still speaking to him. I'll take your evasion as a sign that you haven't told them about you and Remus, Regulus said with an exasperated sigh. Are you just sleeping together? Is that what this is? Jesus, Reg, Sirius responded with a throaty, guttural groan of annoyance, mostly to distract himself from the fact that Regulus's unhindered speech had left a blush in Sirius's cheeks. I am not going to talk about my sex life with my little brother. Our parents raised us to be more repressed than that. I feel like if you weren't sleeping with Remus, you would have corrected me. I'm not sleeping with Remus. Sirius laughed, trying to keep his voice down, as he had begun to hear James and Lily shuffling around the flat from beyond the door. Knowing James, he was pacing back and forth in front of Sirius's door, trying to figure out a way to reinitiate conversation, and Sirius was really trying to keep him from overhearing the fact that he was even discussing sleeping with Remus. At first, Regulus was quiet. I'm oddly disappointed in you, Sirius. Well, don't put it down to lack of effort on my part, Sirius grumbled. Aha! Regulus shouted and it came through the line in a tone so shrill that Sirius had to tear the phone away from his ear to avoid being deafened by it. So you are talking to Remus. Sirius went silent. Shit. I fucking knew it. You nosy bastard. Why are you keeping it a secret? Regulus asked, softening his voice in the way it did sometime when he was trying to get Sirius to open up about something, like it made him sound less intimidating. I don't know, Reg. Maybe we just wanted a little privacy, Sirius sighed heavily. Maybe we just wanted a little time to figure out what the fuck this even is. Because what if it doesn't pan out? I call bullshit on that. Yeah, well, if it were up to me, Sirius trailed off. I just mean, what if it's all... What? 
teenage infatuation revisited? Yeah. Sirius agreed softly, afraid Regulus had seen something he hadn't. You want to know what I think? Do I have a choice? Sirius grinned, but Regulus ignored him completely. Remus Lupin has never, not for a single day, stopped loving you. Regulus stated emphatically, with assurance in his tone and with such certainty that it left Sirius with a stinging ache. See him every day, do you? Sirius scoffed sarcastically, avoiding emotion. Listen, if you want to pretend you didn't see it in his face tonight, that's your decision. But just know that I will continue to hound you about this until you've come to your goddamn senses. Regulus added, his tone dipping back to his particular brand of shrewd sass that used to annoy Sirius when they were children, but he had grown to miss since moving to London, having stayed away far too long. Reg, I've already told him I love him. For just a beat, there was unnerving silence on Regulus's end until he let out a rather short breath before loudly and annoyingly grumbling. Then why are we even having this conversation? Invite him over for dinner, for God's sake. And with that, the call disconnected. Sirius just laughed. As if listening for the end of the call with his ear to the door, James poked his head in, looking at Sirius with a hesitant, waiting expression. He held up a massive box of colored markers. Can we talk now? He asked, watching Sirius so curiously that Sirius began to wonder what he overheard. Still, Sirius smiled, moving over to make room on the bed for James to lie next to him. Yeah, he said, smile wavering. There's a few things I need to tell you.